Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Cross Border Interview Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Christopher Brown. Today is the final episode of Women's Week on the Cross Border Interview Podcast, and I bring in one of my great friends, Char Vetch. Char and I sit down and talk about growing up in a rural area, her views on women, and her views on being able to see both sides of the story. So sit back, relax, and enjoy Cross Border Interviews Women's Week featuring Char Vetch. <laughs> I do. If I don't know something, I'll bullshit my way through it. That's how I've done most of my life. And you know what? That's the perfect spot to open up on an interview because I literally <laughs> just recorded that. So thank That's you very awesome. much. So, Char, um, we'll get through this as quickly as possible because I know we're all busy people and you probably have things to do. And I have uh, a council meeting in two hours. So thank you very much for doing this. Greatly appreciate it. So... Uh, the purpose of this podcast is Women's Week to learn uh, from women women's issues. So, uh, and you chose me to be that. Yeah, <laughs> the best. <laughs> of course, why not? Because you are, uh, in my opinion, a strong opinionated woman, and I love opinions. And that's the best <laughs> thing about podcast is having people who have opinions well on the podcast. <laughs> well, that's about. So uh, my. I, <laughs> Usually when I start this, especially for Women's Week, is do you consider yourself a feminist? No. Really? I don't. I, don't. Um, I was born and raised in a family that uh, my mom didn't really have too much to do with me, so I was always out with my dad from a young age. So about six years and up, I was always constantly with my dad. So because I was raised mostly by a man, my opinions are different because I saw the side of what men deal with on every different level. So when you put the feminist view into that, I think women have gone over that line and um, basically have declared war on men. And where I have a more balanced view of it, recognizing that, yes, I am a woman. Yes, I do possess a certain type of ability and talent, but I am not, um, I'm not at the same level with a man because we were definitely created with different, different abilities. Our frame for a woman says that we can't do exactly everything a man can do. We can strive to be the best woman we could possibly be, but I do not believe for a minute in the feminist movement because it it attacks men at a different level than what it actually should have. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Um, How's that for deep? That is deep. And that's what I like. I'm, I'm very happy that we're going to get deep because we've had conversations in the past. You are a friend of mine and mm-hmm. I consider yourself one of my closest friends. Yeah, me too. Um, so I, I want to get the story behind the story because we, we, we don't talk about these issues. We no, talk about we the general stuff like, hey, how are you? Long yeah. time no see. Geek stuff. Exactly. Um, so let's talk about Ray growing up. Um, you said your mother wasn't there that much and you, you were raised on a farm, if I'm not mistaken, in, or a rural area area, correct? Yeah, for the most part. The first five years of my life, I was uh, I was born in a real small community in Valley View, yep. um, moved up into the Northwest Territories where my dad was mining for five years, then moved back um, for him to start uh, taking a plot of land and just 
from treat and making it into a, a home uh, acreage. So um, in that time frame, I was with my dad from the time I was back in uh, Valley the second time. So growing up with, uh, was it just your father that you were with or was your mother in the picture? Um, my mother was in the picture, but um, how do I put it? You were more drawn to your father than your mother. Uh not by choice. Okay. Not by choice. It was um, my mom. I grew up in an alcoholic home, so my mom had a lot of deep-rooted issues, and um, she was the type of person that she would never talk. She would never talk about anything. Um, so trying to, I, I don't know a whole lot about my mother or the, her side of the family. What I do know, I was able to talk with her later on in my life with my grandmother and before she died, and to get an idea of who my mother was because I didn't really know her. My dad, I, I knew more about my dad and my dad's side of the family than I ever did my mom. But um, she was always present in the home, but she was never, it's almost like she checked out all the time when it came to me. So we, we, basically, I grew up without that. Um, I was kind of enrolled in the school of hard knocks because they wouldn't really school me in anything. What I learned, I learned mostly the hard way. So, um, do you remember the first time you realized the difference between genders? Yes. <laughs> was yes. it was it a uh, I don't want uh, was it a sexual thing or was it like uh, when I talked to uh, my one of my first guests on the podcast for Women's Week it was when she was in kindergarten and her kindergarten teacher said no the girls play with the girls and the boys play with the boys and you play with the trucks and the girls play with the dolls was that your experience or was it something different No actually it came from my uh, dad's side of the family I was um, always played with the boys always and I remember my I was uh, working like in the shop with one of my cousins who we were talking and having a good time. Um, there was three of us, all boys. And um, I remember my aunt literally coming to the garage and saying, you have to start playing with the girls. It is not right for you to be playing with boys all the time. It's not right. Really? As a family member saying that? As a family member, yeah, my, my aunt said that to me. And so I'm just like, and I was kind of hurt by that because I always had a lot of fun with the, the boys. You know, I, it's almost like I had more in common with the boys than I did with the girls. I had a different perception uh, growing up, um, you know, as to what a girl is. So was there a culture in your family uh, growing up where the women uh, uh, <clears throat> sort of made dinner, made supper for the men after they came home from work? And did you see that when you were growing up and said, that's not for me? Um, my dad's side of the family, uh, what they wanted to do was kind of go under the Hutterite colony mentality. Oh, you're Hutterite? No. Okay. No, I, I'm not Hutterite. They, they adopted the Hutterite the colony mentality. Okay. So they wanted, um, there was two brothers living out on, on the farm together, so two families in the same yard sharing resources, sharing um all of that they had and they made a profitable business between the two of them okay. um, but, and they wanted my dad to come in the mix of all of this and um, you know share share all the land and share everything you know and they made their 
um, clothes by by hand. Like my aunts were just phenomenal at sewing and knitting and crocheting and all of that and cooking. And then the guys were like, they had all their trades, carpentry, welding, electrical, everything, you name it, they had it um, between the two families. So uh, that that's how they wanted the whole family to kind of kind of fall under but my dad did not kind of agree with that so he kind of kept himself separated from that but he still helped out wherever he could so the aunt that you spoke of that yeah. said you need to start playing with females yeah did your da- dad foster that mentality too or did he say she can do whatever she wants no my dad didn't have that mentality at all he didn't see anything wrong with me you know incorporating myself with with guys and you know sharing knowledge and, and assets and that kind of thing. So do you, did you consider yourself a tomboy growing up? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And did that, um, being from a rural area, um, like I said, the mentality that you hear from rural areas when I was growing up uh, was women are... The lesser sex they are the ones who are supposed to be breadwinners so when you were growing up going through high school did you have that experience where the boys were on this uh, uh sports teams going you're a girl you can't do what men do and you, did you think to yourself you know what i'm going to show you up i'm going to show that you know what while you think you might be stronger than me i can play as with you on the same level uh, Valley View is definitely a place where I think it's more accepting of uh, girls versus boys. I mean, I always had um, guy friends in school, um, always played on sports teams, always actually fairly active and, and really good at, at sports. So, no, they always treated me not as a... Not as an equal, but they knew that I could, I had talent. So they would always use that part of it. So, no, they they didn't really treat me differently than, than anything. The only thing that I felt was a bit of segregation uh, would have been in um, options in school. We had, again, I failed home ec. Both cooking and sewing failed it. I was the flying color. I was the only girl, the only one out of the class who failed home ec. So I thought, okay, maybe this isn't for me. So I, I went into industrial arts, and um, I. And this was when uh, women were trying to get into the trade of mechanics and carpentry and and welding and stuff. And at that point, it was still not popular to get into a a woman getting into a trade. So, but my dad, he because he didn't have a boy, he basically said, you know what, I want to pass down what I know to you. And he was a heavy duty mechanic, so he wanted me to be in industrial arts and take whatever I could. And so I took mechanics, but it took me um, a little bit of time. Uh, Mr. Inger, my grade, uh, would have been seven, grade seven teacher. No, grade 10, Uh, because industrial uh, mechanics, you couldn't do in between seven and nine, it had to be 10 and 12. Yeah. Uh, so I talked to Mr. Ingram and said, this is what I want to do. And he's just like, well, well, why? And I, so I explained to him what my dad had wanted. I said, I'm trying to get in because my dad said getting into a trade would be the best thing that I could do for my life because it would benefit myself in an industry. I would always have something that's stable. 
and he said mechanics there will always have to have a mechanic so he said if you could go into carpentry or into mechanics that would be the best so he thought about it um, and came back to me and said okay we'll try you but I don't know if you'll be able to do it and it's just like well okay so that must have pissed you off. Yes and no. I mean, again, I you understood where he was coming, coming from, from, but in the same respect, it's like I knew I could do it because yeah. my dad taught me what I knew. And so the lawnmower motor, okay, and this was the highlight of my whole entire year that year was being able to rip apart a lawnmower motor that one of their best guys could not put back together and start right off the bat. They couldn't find out what was wrong. So I went up with, against him, and he gave me this project thinking, okay, we'll test it and see if, if our best student can't do it, then what can she do? Yeah. So I took it all apart, and I was talking to my dad about what maybe it could be. And so he told me, he said it was something to do with the air in, in the carburetor. It was not um, flowing as and so it needed a couple of nuts, needed tweaking, and so that it would get on the same calibration level. So it, um, it would go up and down, up and down, up and down kind of thing. Yeah. And so I did that, put it all back together. Sure enough, it started. They were, my teacher was blown away and said, our best student couldn't do it, but you could. So that was definitely the highlight of my whole entire high school wow. experience, yeah, was being able to do that. So you get married, you move away from Valley View. A um, few years later, you start a job in a heavily, heavily male-dominated field, firefighters. Yes. Uh, you work for the uh, local fire department in your town. Um do they treat you like one of the boys, or do they look at you and say, "Ah, you're one, you're a girl, you can't do this"? Because I understand you're on search and rescue. Yes. You're a vol- you volunteer for that, so you like you dove deep into the uh, male-dominated area very quickly. Why do that? <laughs> well, because I've always liked um, I always like doing things that guys do. You know, I I like the hiking. I like the hardcore, the adrenaline rush. I'm such an adrenaline junkie when it comes to emergency and to, you know, heart-stopping stuff. And I find that I I can take it. And so I dove into it because it was an area that of interest that I wanted to be able to know more about. And so by going into a male-dominated society where part and partial it's still um they're trying to get out of that old boys mentality because there are female firefighters now isn't there? there's volunteer female volunteers. yeah we actually have the most volunteer firefighters um and it's been growing with every year it started out when i first um went into the department in 2013 there was like maybe five five female file volunteers yeah Wow. And so now there's about uh, 13. Well, that's awesome. So, yeah, so it's growing. And, I mean, there's a lot of women there that can, you know, do just as much as what guys can do on a different scale. Yeah. And looking at that, though, do you see that as a positive step forward for women equality? Uh, I do. I do. Because more and more, um, you know, they're... (laughs) I don't even know how to explain it. Um, 
women are being accepted into those things a little more um, so I, easily. I, I, they're being made to feel like they're part of a team than what they used to be. Before it was just like, you know, um, I'm sure the first couple of firefighters that, that were women, um, and we have like a couple of seniors that have been on the team for like 10 years. And I'm sure it was really difficult for them to, and they struggled with trying to um, be a part of this old boys club. And be taken serious as and a firefighter, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, I, I, I guess I should have asked this question before the last question, but do you find that women are treated equal in today's society? Um, I know no. you say that uh, women... Uh, from your perspective, women uh, might not be able to do as exactly what men can do, but on a day-to-day basis, take out the what men and women can do differently. Do you think men and women are treated equally? No, definitely not. Why not? Um, males have are, are perceived. It's almost like they are put on a pedestal and they perceive that you know uh, they're worth more than what a woman's worth is. So when you take a look at you know. Um, you know, males in politics, males in these really hardcore, like, firefighting and roles where, you know, the, they need more beef, I guess, to do the jobs. Um, they look at them and saying, okay, these men can cut it. Looking at a woman, they take a look at a woman and they say, okay, she looks meek, she looks small, what can she really do for us? Right, so I believe in the in the society of jobs and job positioning, I, women definitely do get the shaft. They they they're not looked on the same at all. Um, and how do we change that, or can we change that? You know, we're we live in a very much so conservative-minded society where it's male versus male. Right, and when women step into the picture and and try and lead, men don't think that women have what it takes to lead. But I mean, there's a lot of good women leaders. I, I don't agree that every woman should be a leader. I think that um, you're gifted in in those areas to be a leader. If you know, there's like. I don't know, uh, Margaret Thatcher. You know, you look at all these women in power, uh, Hillary Clinton, uh, you know, I know she struggled to, 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 to beat the old boys club kind of thing and uh, never taken seriously. And I think for us to get into that place of equal, equalness, there has to be... Um, walls dropping on the on men's side of how they view women like women do possess talents and abilities that men don't um there's a lot of women out there that are are smarter you know more intelligent know how to um talk in a way that a man can't to get this different result that a man maybe couldn't yeah right so i mean we all have our giftings and and abilities that that we bring to the table and i think men need to start recognizing it's not what men can bring but it's what can everyone bring um to the table for ideas and you know and you know because women have just as much right and say as a guy does when it comes to having a good idea 
You talked about the man-man relationship where there's struggle between the man and man and they don't want to uh, release that power to potentially to the woman. But I see on more and more occasions when I talk to women of all backgrounds, the one thing they say is it's not just the man that's having the issue, it's some women as well. Some women look at other women and say, "Well, why would you do that? You're 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 destroying the cause. You're you're trying you're trying to move too fast. You need to go at a slower pace." Do you think that's true? Um, women definitely. <laughs> I mean, I, I worked in in schools where women actually attack women, and the thing is, I, I stand back and I take a look and and think, why would another woman want to attack another woman? when we're all trying to get to the same spot. You know, I, it doesn't make any sense to me, but yes, there's a lot of tit-for-tat kind of thing, a lot of jealousy. Um, there's a lot of contention when it comes to women versus women. Do you think we need to fix that before we can fix the ultimate uh, female versus male issue? I think really what it boils down to is that men and women have to come into a balance. It's a balance. Life yeah. is always a balance, right? So if you bring a group of men and a group of women to the table, they have to be open-minded enough to see each other's views and see each, understand why they're bringing it to the table in the first place. And when a person can stay open-minded, you can accept views a lot more easily. I believe that it's a closed-minded issue, perhaps on both sides, because guys don't want to hear it, women don't want to hear they just want their own way, and you just can't. You have to come in as a, as a balance to come in to start fixing these issues that we have, you know. And I admire, and I, I don't think it's going to be our generation or older generations to do that. I think it's the ne next generation. You think it's your daughters? I, I think it could be even further down that line. Further down like that her, line. Like her children or her great, her, your great grandchildren? I think um, her children would would definitely be in in that in a line because it's the, the the kids that are growing up now that in the 2000s I guess um, my kids are in the 90s uh, so it's that 2000 mentality that's ushering in all of this you know change and difference I mean to have like we were just talking before about Greta I mean to have a girl that is young like that and have so much passion for something and and to have a, a strong voice in a unique setting, you know, I, I marveled at her speech because I'm thinking that's the stuff that history is made of. Yeah. It is. Um, you're talking about the movement, the next generation bringing things to the forefront. One of the biggest things in the women's movement that has come forward in the last I would say probably five years that's been more prevalent in the last five years is the Me Too movement. Do you have opinions on that? Do you think that it was a necessary thing to happen at this state of the, in in this day of age? Um, I don't know a whole lot to tell you the truth about the Me Too movement, except um, I think it's it's young kids rising up and saying we we want a voice, we want to be heard, we we. 
you know, we're going to try to show you that we're here, we exist. Yeah. And how do you do that? As young people, how do they come into those those places unless they do something off the wall or they start something that is not going to be ignored. Yeah. And so I believe, I know we hear a lot about it. I don't really um, know myself much about it because I haven't researched it a whole lot. But I know that any kind of movement that rises up in a generation is necessary because you have to bridge the old and, and, and the generations together. Who can do that? Yeah. Where does the where do women go from here? When you talk to your daughter about women's issues, about day to day issues, um, do you look at her and go, you know what, you have it, you have you have it better off than I had it. You're gonna your your kids are gonna have it better off than you had it, and so on and so forth. Do you think uh, where the where we are going in society? We've talked about this a bit, just in our last few questions. Um, but do you think we are going to a society where everyone's going to be equal, or and this is the big or men? I find don't want to change. They want to stick to their roles and stay in those roles. Do you think that that mentality will never change in men? Because I I, t- I talk to young men in their 13s to well, their teenage years, yeah. and they're in that mentality because that's what they learned from their parents, and that's what they learned from their parents, and their parents, and their parents, right? So that, that cycle is never going away because it's always what's being taught, right? So while you say you hope... Being realistic, do you think that it actually could happen? I do, because I believe that there is enough influence in the world when it comes to the younger generation that that's not going to be a lasting mentality. The older generation is hardcore. And then you have our generations that, you know, some, I see a half and half split. Half went hardcore, half went more lenient. Then you see down through the... Next generation, half and half, and gets smaller and smaller. Exactly. So I believe that, yes, that mentality is changing. And it'll, as each generation rises, that more of that influence will be infiltrated within the generations. So... When you were raising your daughter, you have two ch- children, a son yep. and a daughter. When you were raising your daughter, what did you teach her about being a woman? That you have to be mentally strong um, to handle opinions of any kind and not uh, be so sensitive and so um, single-minded that you can't try and understand what the other person is trying to say. So I always taught balance with my kids. Um, I always taught... Both your uh, both son and them, daughter? Both of them. I've taught th- this in the same way. It's not it's not all men and it's not all women. It's, it's a balance of the two and breaking down those walls of, you know, uh, for my son, it's okay to cry. It's not, you know, it, you don't have to be so tough that you can't show emotion. And then with my daughter, it's like, okay, you need to be a little bit more non-emotional. You're hormonal, you know, I, I understand, but you know, let's put that those emotions into something more balanced, more more passion into 
these areas instead of going off and saying, okay, you know, this emotion is just going to cause this instead, right? And so I've kind of brought the balance back in into my children as far as, as family. And when you take a look at what they say in their views, it's it's pretty much, you know, they, they understand what's going on in the world. They understand that, you know, things need to change. They understand they're more accepting of the LBG, you know, I, I mean, it was my own kids that brought that into the house, um, accepting people more for who they are, right? And a lot of their friends are from the LGBTQ community. Yeah. yeah. And so they gave us a different view. So we were able to maybe accept them more because of the view that they brought to the table. So I, I believe all of that is changing. Do you ever talk to your daughter about the... Um, how do I word this correctly? Do you ever talk to your daughter about how you have seen her grow up as a strong, independent woman? Because she's out on her own. She's doing what she needs to do. And you say, you know what? I, I'm glad you were able to do this because I wish I had that opportunity to be that strong, independent woman. Because from what I gathered in the half-hour conversation we've had so far, um, you're sort of a homebody. Yes. Yeah. And I, I had to be. Exactly. And you had to be for your father. Yes. And now you look at your daughter and you go, you know what? I'm glad you were able to go out, do what you need to do, and do what you think is right for yourself. Yes. You, is that something you instilled upon her or is that something that you saw her grow into that role? Uh, she definitely grew into that. I nurtured it. And then as I was watching her grow into it, it, less and less she was relying on me and more on herself and what she wanted to do. And um, she was one who, who came to me and said she was ready to move away from home. She was one who said, you know, I think I'm, you know, I'm going to do good. Um, you know, has she had struggles? Yes. But it, it's like she she's wired. She'll go through the struggle and then she'll kind of switch herself back into that into that role of, okay, I, I, this is what I did. This is what I need to do to fix it. And this is where I'm heading. So I'm still on course. So she has that ability to, to recognize uh, where her own insecurities and her own uh, downfalls are. But, and to know that they're there, but not to be so scared of them that she can't. And how do you nurture that? How do you say, do you, as a mother looking at a daughter, do you go, you know what, I need to step back and let her come to me? Or do you say, are you, one of, are you a helicopter mother in some sense? I, I, can, I can definitely be a helicopter mother in some sense. I, I mean, I, I put so much time and effort into my children that, you know, when you see that they're going off, it's just like, it's, it's like... And I, and I tell them this, it's like, you know, watching from a mountaintop and seeing them in the distance and watching a bear come toward them and thinking, oh, my God, oh, my God, here's this bear coming toward them. And it's just like you're, you're yelling at them, trying to show them that there's something behind them, but them not always seeing it or wanting to listen or whatever. But so weren't, were you like that with your father, though? <laughs> My father actually, he, he, no, he was more or less, 
okay, I'll give you an instruction and I'll watch you and I'll watch you struggle. And he was sort of like the... Um, if you fail, it's you come to me if you have an issue and I won't bother you until the, you do. The, the father eagle, you know, technique, you know, throw the, the bird out the nest and watch <laughs> until right before you drop on flat on the floor, you know, then he comes and swoops you out. That was him to a T. Yeah. Okay. So he would always watch me, you know, fall and, you know, and hoping that I'll get it and if he didn't think I was going to get it in time then he would yeah help me out of that whereas with Justice I Justice is your daughter right I um, nurtured her a little bit more I would kind of I wouldn't totally kick her out I would kind of okay let's fly together and so I (laughs) (laughs) you know that's a good analogy you're you're the eagle mother you'll be like okay I'll tie a string to you and then until you can actually fly I'll actually not let you go yeah so I mean I would let her fall but I'd only you know but I had I know where to let her fall to like I just kind of yeah kind of kept my hand out all the time so she knew that she could grab it if she wanted to or she could you know keep doing her own thing so I, I tried to have that kind of relationship with her that you know if I'm here if you need me and I'm here if you need to talk and I'm your biggest fan you know do you look back on your life and regret doing anything as a woman? Lots. Like what? Uh, I would have... I was very insecure and very shy when I was in my teens and I had a lot of opportunity come to me and I turned it down because of that insecurity and that fear of busting out and actually doing something great. I was almost like I could see it but I shied away from it because not that I wasn't ready it's just there was a lot of I grew up with a lot of fear and uh, to, to bust out of that, that's that's a tough, tough thing to bust out of fear. And so if you can do that. So fear as in, as in being a woman or just fear in general? Um, fear of everything. Fear of being a woman. Fear of what my future held. Fear, you know, fear of failure. Fear of, you know, um, what society would think of me. I grew up with all of that, you know, and... Do you think society looks at you, at you in general, just you as Shard, do you think society looks at you more as a woman or more as Shard? More as Shard. Really? Yes. Do you, do, you, do you try to identify yourself more as Shard or as a woman? More as Shard because even though I'm, I'm a woman, I'm a female, I don't think and act like a, f- a regular female. I just don't. I see things so... What do you think a regular female acts like? Because that's an interesting statement you just said there, and I want to make sure I get what you mean, because I I, I see so many times out there that uh, the the rainbow spectrum that is women, there could be the stay-at-home mom, the uh, traditional 1950s housewife, to the I'm going to go to work, and I'm going to do my thing, and the husband's going to stay home. And then there's the cross-section in between there of the male and female working, the stay-at-home mom who then has to go back to the workforce. So what do you think, what do you consider a typical woman? All emotion. So, So I'm looking at, I'm looking at women from an emotional standpoint because I think that's how guys tend to look at a woman as 
to how emotional they can be and how, um, you know, how they have to talk so much to, to try and get their point across and why can't, they can't just say something Whoa, 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 simplest. whoa, whoa. I'm doing a podcast. I'm a man. I'm not trying to get my point across in an hour, okay? <laughs> if that was an attack on me, I felt it and I oh, did reject it. No, no, no. No, no, no. No, it, it's not an attack. It's just... It's, I'm joking. Uh, you know, it's... it's uh, I don't know. I just see things from more of a male perspective, I guess, than a female. Do you think that's hurt you in the in your time on this earth? No. Actually, I think that's helped me. Really? To understand both sides rather well. And you keep on saying both sides. I can relate. I can relate to a man and I can relate to a woman. I can relate to women's issues and how they're feeling and I can sympathize with, it with them and have empathy. But I can also have that same thing for men because I can understand what men are trying to accomplish, what fears men may have. Like men, a lot of men that I know fear failure. They, they want to do something great with their life and a lot of them don't know how to bring about that into their life. So, you know, I, I see the struggle between, so it's almost like I'm just the middle ground between the two. I can see and I can sympathize and empathize with both, knowing that it's, it's a struggle for, for each side. And it's like, okay, well, you know, and, and when I talk with men, I inject how a woman may come across in a different way. And same with females. I do the same thing. It's just like, okay, well, maybe he didn't mean it this way, or maybe he's trying to tell you this instead. Were you the uh, uh, sort of go-between for family fights <laughs> between either your mother and your father or aunts and uncles and aunts and brothers and, or brothers and sisters? Because it sounds like you would be just the perfect person if there was a, ever an, a fight between a man and a woman, you would just be like, you know what, let's put Char in there and she'll be able to sort it out because she can see both sides. I learned that. It was a learned thing growing up. It was, I was always the one in blame. I was, everything was blamed on me. Really? Everything, everything. If it turned around, it was my fault. And how I grew up, I always felt that everything in the home was my fault. Everything that happened was because of me. Um, And then in school, I uh, had that, um, you know, trying to, to fit in and trying to decide, okay, do I fit more with males or do I fit more with females? And I had a bit of a bit of um, a balance because I had a couple of really close female friends and I had a couple of really close male friends so it kind of kind of balanced it out and then in my working world um, you understood quickly you know where your place and your role is and what you need to do to become what you want to become and so I had to really decide and for myself okay who, who am I going to be am I going to be strong or am I going to be sensitive? Am I going to... But can't you have both? Um, yes and no. I find that... Um, As a woman, can't you have both? Can't you be both strong and sensitive? You can. But do you think society looks at you differently? It doesn't work all the time. Okay. So it works... I think it's, you've got to pick, and it's like picking and choosing a battle. You have to pick and choose what emotion you're going to display to get you to to the further end of the finishing line. If, if you know that there's a battle out there that 
you need to be strong, but yet you feel really passionate and, you know, you, you might have to back off just so, you know, that balance stays there. You, you win some, you lose some, you know, and you have to know which hill to die on. My last set of questions is a big one. What is the most pressing issue facing women today? Oh, my goodness. Most pressing issue. What is the issue that needs to be overcome today for women? I think um, recognizing that women have talents and abilities and that they have good ideas and um, can definitely be a part of the man's world, a society in which they can bring a balance to it. And I think that the biggest thing is is coming up into that place as a woman in a man's society. I think that's the biggest issue we're facing is trying to get in in balance with, with that order. And how do you, Char, one person, fit into that equation? How do you make sure that there's that balance? How do you personally bring that balance? By staying open-minded and listening just as much as talking. Really? Yes. So do you find yourself in positions, whether it be work life, personal life, where you have to hold your tongue and you say, you know what, I need to listen to this. I need to find out the other side of the story before I can open my mouth or um, do you fly off the handle very quickly? Um, my personality is such as that I'm pretty hot-tempered and so I have to rein my emotions in when, and I find that at home and at work is two different things. When it comes to my kids, I'm more passionate, I'm more hot-headed, and I have to rein that in to bring balance to listen to my kids more. Um, and then work, it just comes naturally where this is my job, this is my profession. I need to sit and, and make sure that I'm listening. Okay, is what they're saying, okay, it's affecting me as, it, as they're saying it, but I'm not going to show it. I'm going to try and open my mind and understand why they're saying it. Perfect. Char, I want to thank you very much for this. You're welcome. I've learned a lot from you, and it's been 42 minutes. I nice. know we usually go for an hour, but I think I've gotten so much out of you. This is awesome. Thank you very much for You're doing welcome. this. You're welcome. I'm really glad to have been here. And I will have you back on because I feel like we've just scratched the surface. And while we've just talked about women's issue, I know you and I have another passion <laughs> on the side. It's the geek passion. Oh, oh absolutely, so man. So we will have to sit down one day in the, the, probably in the next month or so to do another episode of Cross Border Interviews. Absolutely. About geek issues. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Thanks very much. You're welcome. And one last time, thank you for our guest for coming in, sitting down with us. Much appreciated. But I also want to take this moment and thank you, the listeners, for tuning in, for subscribing and listening to our great podcast. Without your subscriptions and feedback, we wouldn't have the ability to continue on this great adventure. If you haven't already, head over to Facebook. Give us a like. Cross Border Podcast. It's easy to find. Just type in Cross Border Podcast on that search bar or Twitter and Instagram, both Cross Border Podcast. And with that, I bid you adieu. We'll be back here next Saturday with another great edition of the Cross Border Interview Podcast.